if you were living in a beautiful home with your family. You have a pretty big family and you used to live in a small apartment, but now you're all moving up. Only you have a troubled home life and a troubled school life. This turns you into a pretty angry person, but little do you know, you will take this anger out on the people who you're supposed to be the closest to. Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We miss you, and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. Please make sure you like, comment, subscribe, turn on your post notifications, and send this video to a friend, because guess what, y'all? I'm doing spooky content all October long. I love me some spooky season let me tell you i love hollow thank miss yes october november december it's all one holiday for me and i cannot wait to dive deep into some spooky cases please do not come for me from my background okay i promise i'm gonna have it ready for spooky videos it's just i kind of realized too late that october's coming up i didn't have time to go to the store to get any decorations and i haven't really had anything up anyway but i think it's time for a little change what do you think? Today I'm introducing a new series called True Story Behind, where we look into the true stories behind very popular horror movies. Today we're going to be talking about the true story behind the Amityville Horror. Now I actually tried to watch this movie when I was younger, but I literally could not get through it because I was scared. But with that, let's get right into the case. The cult classic film series, The Amityville Horror, came out in 1979, and it was based on the very popular book with the same name, written by Jay Anson, that came out in 1977. I'm sure we all know the 2005 remake of The Amityville Horror, starring Ryan Reynolds, and that was the one that I tried to watch that I just couldn't get through. He played that role a little too well. But do you ever think about the true story behind what really happened in Amityville Horror, and why we still talk about it to this day? Well, let's find out. In the Long Island town of Amityville, 30 miles outside of New York City, a home sat on 112th Ocean Avenue, and there lived the DeFeo family. There was Robert Sr., who was the patriarch, Louise, his wife, Robert Jr., who also went by Butch, which was their oldest son, and their daughters, Dawn and Allison, and their two youngest sons, Mark and John Matthew. The family moved there after living in a small apartment in Brooklyn, and they were actually able to move there because of Robert Sr.'s job at his father-in-law's car dealership. And the kids were really excited to move into a new home. They had been living in an apartment for a while, and now they're going to have a home with two stories, a basement. It was just gonna be much more space, and they were very excited to go there. Now, despite the family being able to move and Robert Sr. being a good provider, he was pretty hard to deal with. Robert Sr. had a hot temper and he was known to be verbally and physically abusive to his family. And he was just very hard on them overall, especially his oldest son, Butch. He had really high expectations for his oldest son and he just felt like Butch didn't really live up to them. And it oftentimes made him take his anger out on him because he was just kind of disappointed in everything he did. Not to mention, Butch was also bullied at school for his weight and just for being a shy kid. So he was getting it at home and at school and it was very hard for Butch. 
Over time, he started to become very resentful of everybody that had given him a hard time, and he became a very violent and angry person, very similar to his father, and Butch started getting into a lot of fights. By the age of 17, Butch had actually lost a lot of weight, but this was because he became addicted to substances. He also got kicked out of school for fighting because he was just way too violent. His parents tried to get him to go to a psychologist so they could figure out what was going on with Butch and what they could do to help him, but he refused to go. So instead of trying to actually help Butch figure out his problems and push him to go to therapy, they decided to buy him very expensive gifts in order to buy his affection, buy his love, and make him calm down. They even bought him a $14,000 speedboat. They even got him a job at his grandfather's car dealership where his father, Robert Sr. worked. But he wasn't the best employee. He would either not show up, he'd show up late, or when he did show up, he wouldn't really do anything. This did not stop them from continuing to pay him as if he was doing his job. So because he was getting paid anyway, he really didn't have much of an incentive to work and actually be a good employee. So he was pretty much just being enabled on all sides. Nobody was really doing anything about his behavior. Now, because Butch had all this extra money and he's still living at home, he decides to use it to continue fueling his substance problem. And he was drinking a lot and he was also buying weapons, specifically firearms. Butch would use these firearms to commit crimes and he would even threaten people, including his own father. He was getting more and more out of hand with his violence and his drinking. He was getting in fights all the time. Butch was just going through it. He even tried to steal from his grandfather's car dealership that he worked at when he was asked by them to go make a deposit into the bank. And he was caught by police. And when his father questioned him about it, he threatened him with a gun. Like, like he didn't actually do it. Like you actually did it. So he's right to suspect you and you're gonna threaten him with a gun. But Butch's violence would be taken to a whole new level in a way that nobody ever expected. On November 13th, 1974, Butch, who was 23 at the time, left the DeFeo family home in order to go to work. Now he had left a little bit early, so he decided to go get some food in order to kill some time before the car dealership opened. By the time it opened, he went to work, worked throughout the day, and eventually he left work early so he could go hang out with his girlfriend and another one of his friends. While he was hanging out with him, he noticed that he kept trying to call his family, but they weren't really answering. And he was confused because everybody's cars were in the garage when he had left the house. House, so he didn't get why they weren't responding. Eventually he left his girlfriend and around 6 p.m. he met up with some friends at the bar and he told them the same thing. He tried to call his family while he was in front of them and they just weren't answering and they hadn't been all day long. So Butch decided I'm gonna go home really quick. The bar wasn't too far from his house so he was just gonna go check on his family and be right back. So Butch goes back home in order to see what's going on with this family and why they haven't been answering him and when he gets there he finds all of their bodies in their beds and he realizes that they're dead. Butch immediately runs out of his house, goes back to the bar, and he's like, oh my gosh, my whole family is in the house dead. His friends who were at the bar, they run back to Butch's house with him, and they're desperately trying to see what's going on. He came, he opened the door, and he was screaming, come on, help me, somebody shot my mother and father. And everyone ran out of the bar, and that was it. They all took go? off. No, I had to stay, I was 10 anymore. They all jumped in his car and took off. And there, they find the bodies of the DeFeo family. 43-year-olds Robert Sr. and Luis, 18-year-old Dawn, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew 
had all been shot to death while they slept. Louise and Robert Sr. were shot twice and all of the children were shot once at close range. Police arrived at the brutal murder scene and they had to take the bodies out of the home. They began questioning Butch about what he believed happened and he goes on to recount his entire day from start to finish as I've just told you. And he even offered up a suspect as to who he thinks may have been responsible. The person that Butch named was a man named Louis Fellini and he was a mob member who actually used to live with the DeFeo family. Butch believed that Louis still had a key to the family home and used it to gain access to the home to kill his family. But police found out that Louis Finelli wasn't even in New York at the time of the murders. So there was no way that he could have been responsible. And Butch said, well, maybe he got somebody else to do it. And police were like, yeah, we'll investigate that. But right now it just doesn't seem too plausible. Police began searching the DeFeo home and they found rifle boxes in the home and in Butch's room. They also found out that weeks leading up to the murders, Butch had actually been looking for a silencer. If you don't know what that is, it's an attachment to put on a firearm so that way when you fire it, it doesn't make a sound. Not to mention, Butch didn't really seem to be grieving at all. He was actually bad-mouthing his family and just pointing out some very negative things about them, which is not normal behavior when they literally all were murdered in your home. Like, why would the first thing you would do when talking about them would be to talk about them negatively? It just didn't sit right. Police definitely got a funny feeling about Butch. Police also realized that the family was killed between 3 and 4 a.m. when Butch was home. And Butch tried to make it seem like his family was alive when he left his house, but something had happened to them while he was at work. This turned out to not be true. He was home between 3 and 4 a.m. So why were you the only person whose life was spared? Red flag. Eventually, Butch couldn't keep up with his lies anymore and he ended up confessing to police that he was the one who killed his family. He said that the night of November 13th, 1974, he ended up shooting his entire family as they slept in their beds with a 35 caliber rifle. He admitted trying to cover it up by calling his family in front of his friends saying, oh, I can't get a hold of them, knowing the whole time that he had already killed them. He ended up leading police to the murder weapon, which was later found in Amityville Creek. Butch was formally arrested and charged for the murders of his family. The trial began on October 14, 1975, a year after the DeFeo family murders. Butch's attorney tried to argue for an insanity plea, saying that the only reason Butch did this was because he heard voices in his head telling him to. But the jury didn't buy this. I mean, the fact that he tried to cover it up, he went on about his day and placed all those calls trying to make it seem like he actually thought his family was alive when they weren't, it let them know that this was very methodically planned and his cover-up was very planned. They feel like Butch knew exactly what he was doing. And on November 21st, 1975, Robert DeFeo Jr. or Butch was found guilty on six counts of second degree murder. He was sentenced to six consecutive sentences of 25 years to life in prison. Since he's been convicted, he's actually given conflicting accounts of what really happened, even going as far to say that his oldest sister, Dawn, was actually responsible for killing the whole family along with two other accomplices. And when Butch woke up and found out what she had done, he ended up killing her. Now, I'm pretty sure this isn't true. I don't think it's actually been proven one way or the other, but we can all conclude that Butch was the one who did this and he's just trying to put it on somebody else, once again, on one of the family members that he ended up murdering, which is so strange. But Butch already confessed and has been convicted. Whatever really happened that night, he took to his grave. On March 12, 2021, Butch actually ended up passing away at the age of 69. Now, for some reason, his cause of death hasn't been made public, but he was found dead in his prison cell and he was taken to a local hospital where he was in fact pronounced dead. 
In December of 1975, the same year that Butch was convicted and sentenced for the murders of his entire family, the home that the DeFeo family lived in, in Amityville, was sold to a couple named George and Kathy Lutz. They bought it for only $80,000. The price went down a lot after the murders occurred. Some people like to live in places where murders have occurred, but some people do not, for the specific reason that George and Kathy Lutz are going to later experience. They moved in with their three children and they began living in the DeFeo house. Now they knew about the murders and they decided to have a priest come in and bless the home before they moved in. While the priest was actually there, he blessed a certain room of the house and he recalled hearing a voice say, get out, and a hand slapping him. And he told the family to never sleep in that room. Not really the way you want to start off a brand new living experience, knowing that there's paranormal activity going on in there, knowing that there's other presences. But nonetheless, George and Kathy moved in with their three children. According to the Lutzes, while they lived there, they experienced some very strange paranormal events. The house had very strange smells in certain areas. There were also cold spots in certain areas of the home, which they felt indicated paranormal activity. There would also be green slime oozing out of the walls. Things would sometimes fall or move without ever being touched by anybody. It was really, really creepy. And it happened a lot, according to them. George claimed that he even saw a pig-like creature with red eyes staring at him and his son through their window. George also recalled seeing his wife Kathy levitate as well as seeing his children levitate from their beds. And George believes that in the middle of the night, he was actually paralyzed by an invisible force. George Lutz would even wake up around 3.15 a.m. every morning completely unprovoked, which is said to be around the time that Butch DeFeo actually murdered his family. So he believed that Butch's spirit was causing him to wake up at this time for whatever reason. The Lutz family was so troubled by all the paranormal events that happened in the house that they ended up moving out after only 28 days of living there. And they were so scared that they left all of their possessions behind. Their clothes, their food, their furniture, everything. They didn't want anything that had anything to do with the house. They were just completely done and they left. About two months later, a camera crew actually came in and decided to bring in paranormal experts in order to figure out what was going on inside the house and whether or not George and Kathy were telling the truth about what really went on there. The paranormal experts did in fact conclude that there was a demonic presence in the home. And this can be seen actually in a now infamous picture taken while the TV crew was in there and you could see a little boy's head peeking out from behind a door. Now that little boy wasn't there and they believe that this was the ghost of the youngest son of the DeFeo family. I remember this picture very clearly. I've seen it in a few places before when I would do deep dives and things like that when I was younger, like really spooky stuff. And it was pretty crazy to see because it was obvious that this picture was taken in the house and you can very clearly make out the image of a little boy and his piercing eyes. The Lutzes decided to sell their story of what happened to them to author Jay Anson, who I said earlier, is the person who ended up turning their story into the now iconic cult classic book, The Amityville Horror. And ended up turning into a movie franchise a few years later and has since become extremely popular. Over 20 films based on the Lutzes story have since been created. Now, a lot of people questioned whether or not the Lutzes were telling the truth about what really happened to them in the house because some of the things that came out just sounded very outlandish and almost impossible to believe. In May of 1988, Butch DeFeo's lawyer actually came out in 
and said that he and the Lutzes concocted a lot of the stories that were in the book so that way they could get money. He said the Lutzes were struggling financially and they knew if they made up these stories and sold them to Jay Anson to get a book deal that they were going to be rich. Now this has not been proven and the Lutzes have adamantly denied that this ever took place. George Lutz actually spoke about these allegations in a 2006 interview where he completely stood by what he experienced. George Lutz actually passed away that same year, but all the way up until his death, he maintained that what he said was true. Before his death, he and his wife, Kathy, actually took lie detector tests in order to prove the public wrong that they did in fact experience what they said they did. And they ended up passing. Now this doesn't necessarily conclude that they were telling the truth. This just means they were calm when they answered the questions. So they could just be good liars. Daniel Lutz, who was 10 at the time he lived in the house with his family, claimed that his father was partly responsible for welcoming in evil spirits because he was very interested in the occult, which is all things spooky, all things supernatural. And he believed that his father had something to do with the things that they experienced. And he said to this day, he's absolutely traumatized by everything he experienced when they lived in the Amityville house. George's stepson Christopher, who was only seven at the time they lived in the house, claims that his stepfather definitely embellished a lot of stories that were in the book because he was so interested in those type of things and almost saying that he wanted to experience them and if he didn't actually experience them, then he was gonna make it up. I guess we'll never really know whether or not the Lutzes were telling the truth or not because at the end of the day, we weren't there. Comment below what you think. Do you think they were telling the truth or do you think they were lying? Or do you think they were telling the truth about some things and maybe they just exaggerated other things so that way it could seem a little bit juicier for a book or a movie. Comment below and let me know what you think. Four other families have since lived in the Amityville house since the Lutzes have, and they've reported no paranormal activity. So it makes you wonder, were the Lutzes telling the truth or were they targeted by the spirits because they were the first people to live in the home after the murders had occurred? I mean, I guess we'll never really know. But it's definitely a little weird that out of all the people that have lived there, they're the only ones that experienced paranormal activity after the murders. The address of the Amityville house has since been changed to 108 Ocean Avenue instead of 112 Ocean Avenue. Now, I don't know why this was done or if this is supposed to change things. I never knew the true story behind the Amityville horror until I started researching this case. And I was absolutely shocked to know that a 23 year old man ended up murdering his entire family. Why? What was the reason? Like Butch had a lot of problems and his family did everything they could to help him. Now they may not have always done it in the best way, but at the end of the day, I'm sure they just wanted the best for him. His father clearly had some issues when it came to him, but I'm sure he never expected his son was going to take his life as well as his mother's and all of the rest of his siblings. It's really sad and really, really shocking. Definitely gonna be doing more videos like this where I tell the true stories behind horror movies. And I also have some new content coming out for the month of October. You will get all things spooky all month long right here. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode of spooky content. Thank you so much for listening and watching and I hope to see you in the water soon.